having us in Los Angeles. Thank you. Thank you from you. New York City. <laughs> it just lifts your mood being here, right? It does. The sunshine hits different out here. It absolutely does. Yeah. You got to have that that vitamin D to really get you going. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. Um, I'm really just happy to have you on the show. I feel like I have done such just a deep dive into you with everything that's, you know, out there on the internet. And I'm mm-hmm. happy that you get a chance to really tell people mm-hmm. who you are. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I know that about a year ago, actually a year ago this month is when you announced that you were going to take a bit of a hiatus. And this is the first kind of no limits conversation that you're having. Mm -hmm. Why is this the time that you want to speak? I'm ready. It's been a long year of reflecting and growth and healing. Um, I'm sick of being in abusive, disrespectful situations, change rooms, locker rooms, teams. been focusing on me, eat, pray, love. And I'm finally, I'm finally in a place where I'm ready to talk about it. Good. Yeah. Okay. So we will touch on all of that, but you mentioned healing and growth. Mm-hmm. And I know that in that initial Instagram post, you said mm-hmm. that's what you wanted to focus on. Mm-hmm. When you wrote that post, where were you at mentally? Probably rock bottom. I feel like to quit in the middle of a season and walk away from a team, like it's got to be a bad situation. Um, and I wasn't a very bad situation, but to to grow and heal, you need to be away from toxic situations. You need healthy environments to to grow. And I've been surrounded by nothing but love and life since I, I stepped away from the court. What about that situation made it so toxic? And which situation are you referring to? Well, I think the sparks was really <laughs> just like a nail in the coffin. Um, I joke with my friends that a Hollywood lie, you know, bringing, I, I came to LA, finally moved out to LA on a Hollywood lie, like a lot of lost souls in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm just another lost soul in these streets. No, but I came here with hopes and dreams of, of being the best and, and taking LA to somewhere magical where it used to be, you know, back in Lisa Leslie's day. Back when Candace was here, you know, that's what I grew up watching. That's where I always wanted to be. I, when I got drafted, I wanted to be playing here with Candace. That was always my dream. But, uh, you know, I kept L.A. As, as as the pinnacle of my dream, even though a lot of people warned me mm-hmm. about playing for that club. And, you know, I got to I got to witness it all firsthand. Mm-hmm. The lies I was told. And I'm so happy I have witnesses to everything I've been through. Dinner's a catch. You know, with GMs and, and ownership telling me they were going to get me a G-Wagon. A G ownership told you they were going to get you a G-Wagon mm-hmm. if you came any, to Sparks. We'll sell you with any car you want. I'm talking G-Wagons. You said maybe we'll get you a GLE. We're going to help you extra, you know, paying your rent in Bel Air. We're going to pay off your, your coaches, your medical stuff. Did any of that happen? No. So you brought me here on lies. I'm dealing with, you know, a lot of disrespect, a, a lot of turbulent players in the change room, the locker rooms. And I'm, I'm telling the GM, I'm telling coaches, I'm telling the ownership what's going on. No one cares. No one cares. So I'm not the type of girl that's going to sit in a disrespectful anything, mm-hmm. relationship, workspace, anything. I'm a leave. There's one thing I'm going to do. I'm a leave if I'm uncomfortable. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. You're not paying me enough to put up with this. 
You have been from the start. But I was 19 when I got drafted to the WNBA. Mm-hmm. I played six seasons. I'm 32 this year. I've just, I've just never found a situation that I feel comfortable in, that I feel secure in, and that I feel protected in. And as a woman, I need to feel all these things to be the best I can be. So let's zoom out from that a little bit and unpack. There was a a lot of stuff there, (laughs) but I want the viewers to really understand the path that you have taken in the WNBA. Mm -hmm. So give an overview of Mm -hmm. your path, starting from that 2011 Mm -hmm. WNBA draft. Mm -hmm. Little 19-year-old Lizzie. (laughs) I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was 18 and my careers advisor sat me down. I was at Australian Institute of Sports, like a junior college. We all go there when we're 16. I left just before turning 18 and they sat me down. They're like, you can go to college or you can go pro. They put this Australian uh, contract on the table. I think it was like $80,000 or something like. Um, I was like, bet. I'm not even 18 yet. I'm like, bet. Let me take that money. So I'm already making money at 17. They're like, okay, now the WBA is interested in you. You'll go into the, the draft. I was like, cool. Minnesota had number one pick, Maya Moore. Mind you, I didn't even know who Maya Moore was. I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't grow up watching college. I've just gotten into March Madness. I love. Oh, wow. I'm so obsessed <laughs> with college now. Yeah. I'm like, is there any way I can go back and play in college? Have <laughs> many eligibility. Yeah. Dude, I know I've been a pro for 15 years, but is there any way I can run it back and get a little college education and who with these girls? Because they're so fun. Absolutely. And they're so lovely. And I love those girls so much and I would protect them at any cost. But I didn't know anything. I didn't know ball. I just hooped when I was a kid. I was just tall as shit. Got thrown into the ranks, you know? Yeah. It was really good. Picked the game up really good. No one could stop me. Still, no one can stop me. Mm-hmm. No one can stop me. And you can go ahead. You're going to have to send a triple team, double team, one-on-one. No other female can stop me. Mm-hmm. And that's on period. Say it. I believe it. I'm saying it, girl. <laughs> I believe it every day. Mm-hmm. I know it. That's- and you're saying you knew that even 17, 18, before you were I didn't even- know it then. Okay. I really didn't believe it until I broke the record. Okay. I really didn't like step into my own truth and own who I am until I broke the record. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's been a journey. Like there's been so much. And that's why taking some time away and really reflecting, I started writing my book. Like no matter what I've been through, my mother was always like, just save it for the book. A lot of things that happened to me, I haven't been vocal about because save it for the book. Mm, yeah, it gets ready, gets stockpiled. Save it for the bestseller, girl. <laughs> so for the draft, Minnesota had to pick. Yes, sorry. Maya Moore. It's okay. Yes. We're back. Maya Moore. Maya Moore, of course, went one. number mm-hmm. one. Honestly, one of the greatest that I've watched play male, female, one of the greatest. Maya in China, a whole different, a whole different Maya. But <laughs> I'm, I... She told me who she was, like, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. And she's really one of the goats of the game. But yeah, my number one, I ended up going to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I said publicly, don't take me. (laughs) Don't take me to Tulsa, Oklahoma. No shade to Tulsa, Oklahoma, but I was 19 years old from Melbourne, Australia. Like, little little brat from, like, one of the coolest cities in the world. And you send me to Tulsa, Oklahoma, when all I want to do is play in L.A. and be an L.A. girl. But I'm also so thankful that I wasn't 19 years old in L.A. Yeah. And I didn't get here. There's a lot to get into. I didn't get here till I was 30. I wasn't living out here till I was like 28, 30. Mm -hmm. So that was God protecting me in a way. But yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma, cried every day. We won three games for the season. 
it was one of the most rock bottom times of my life. Yeah. Um, didn't have much support. Like a 19-year-old girl on a team, I didn't have any vets looking out, out for me, after me. Because, I don't know, in, in professional sport, you do have to look after yourself. I get that. Mm -hmm. But when you put a 19-year-old into a situation like that, you need you need some support around that. You want the foundation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't feel like I was asking too much. Like I said, I wanted to be in L.A. because it's easier for my family. It's a 15-hour flight, Melbourne, L.A. I don't want them to have to go another four hours to get to Oklahoma and then get to Tulsa. So I've always, everything I've wanted to do, my family's been at the forefront of my mind. I never played in Europe because it's so far away from my family in Australia. So I always played in China. Made all my money hooping in China. Mm -hmm. Miss China. <laughs> That's why I'm not hooping right now is because China isn't open. A lot of people are like, why aren't you in the WNBA? La, 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 because it doesn't pay me. But if China opens up again, please, <laughs> please open up again. I will be there. That's where I want to be. So when you went to Tulsa mm -hmm. and then you left mm -hmm. for five years or so, and yeah. that's when you were playing overseas, but also back and forth. When, so WNBA is on during the summertime. Mm -hmm. And if you're not in the WNBA, usually you're doing national team training mm -hmm. or you're just enjoying summer like I do. I'm just enjoying my summer times. <laughs> but in the time where you were in between Tulsa mm -hmm. and then the year before the, when they were in Dallas, mm -hmm. what were you doing in that time? Enjoying my summers. Enjoying summers. <laughs> if, okay. if, I, if it wasn't summertime, I'd be in China in the winter. Okay. And I think there was a couple of Australian seasons in there as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then you come back to the States. Mm -hmm. or Dallas Wings. Well, actually, I had a year off as well. Okay. 2017, I, I did a big like Euro trip, did Burning Man. Um, All the fun things. It was just like yeah. being 25 years old. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was interesting before I took that year off. Uh, an old Australian coach pulled me to the side and he was like, you'll never come back for this. You can't take a year off. You'll never come back from this. Baby, I came back. I broke records after a year and a half off. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that just putting something down, you could be writing your book. You could be painting a picture. You could be trying to make a song. If you get to a mental block and you just walk away, refresh your, refresh your mind, take a breather and come back to it, you'll come back better. You come back with a bigger hunger, more inspiration. And that's what happened to me. Every time I take a break away from the game, I'm still working on my craft. I'm still with Chris and the guys in the Valley two, three times a week, getting my ass kicked by seven foot men. Like, <laughs> but I love that. I don't get that playing with the girls. I don't get pushed around. I don't get to throw my weight like that, like I do with grown men. And I think that's truly why I'm so happy just training with guys in the summertime and not even in the league because I don't have to shrink myself for them, you know, I get to be everything I am on court when I'm playing with guys. I even train with the seven now. I don't even play with the six. I, I train with a men's ball. Mm. Shoot better with a men's ball as well. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what I was talking about. <laughs> this one well, on me, I go off, girl. Well, not to, not to interrupt you, mm. but it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. there has been this kind of thread in your life where... Mm -hmm. Maybe somebody has said you are one thing or aren't one thing. Mm -hmm. You've maybe internalized it in some way. Mm -hmm. And you look to either prove them wrong, prove mm -hmm. yourself right, whatever the case may be. But you have mm -hmm. just, you've named a few instances mm -hmm. where a person kind of served as mm -hmm. motivation for you. Mm -hmm. Would you say that that's accurate? 
I don't even think that was motivation. Like him saying that, I was just like, you're an old man. Like what? Like, like you're literally so old. Like what are you even <laughs> saying to me? Like I'm a bounce back and better than ever. It wasn't even something that was like even on my mind like that mm-hmm. until I did break the record. I was just like, that's just God shutting everyone else up for me. Like my whole life has just been people talking about me. When I when every time I haven't wanted to play in the WNBA, it's been rumors about where I am, what I'm doing, this and that. Because I don't let people know where I'm at. I don't want people to know what I'm doing. Like my life is so private. No, you couldn't name one person I've ever dated. And that's for a reason. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to know my true life. <laughs> and I really like people like she's disappeared. She's gone. La la la. I'm living. I just don't show people what I'm doing because mm-hmm. I feel like when you show people how great everything truly is, they want to take it away. They want to put shit on it. They evil eye. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of evil eyes taken off me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just in a place where I'm like, you know what? It's better for me to just not even tell y'all what I'm up to, where I'm at, what I'm doing. And you just don't know. So with that being said, mm-hmm. you're saying you're private and you're very intentionally trying to not show people what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What do you feel is the perception of you? I don't really know. I think people think I'm this troublemaker. People, I've got ESPN reporters saying on air that I'm toxic. I wish someone would tell me why. You know, I left that Vegas team after the first game of that season. I asked for a trade, mind you. Um, had teammates, families, and friend, friends bullying me, bullying my friends on Twitter. We have it all saved. We have it all screenshot. You try to delete it all. We still got it. It's okay. You're saying you were being bullied by Aces teammates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I leave that organization and I keep my mouth closed. Like I said, I don't, I don't need to talk badly about things. I just move on. It's like a bad breakup. I'm not going to talk about my ex. I'm going to look forward. People who talk about their exes after a breakup are weird. It's weird behavior. Like, move on. But I'm, I leave this team. I look on to better days, but you've still got girls talking about me in training camp. Where girls aren't even on the team. Like, why got rookies coming up to me telling me what so-and-so is saying? Like, why why are my old Aces teammates texting LA teammates about me? But you girls never said anything to me while I was there, but you want to call me toxic. These are the girls I was reporting for kicking my shit in locker rooms, and I'm toxic. These are the girls that are trying to sell fake stories about me to ESPN, my own teammates that I'm playing basketball with. And they're calling me toxic. Can I'm, you give me an example? Hmm? Can you give me an example? I'm not going to say no names. You don't have I'm to say names. say names. But it's like... I'm, you don't have to say names, but just get, what you mean by that. I always get like my packages sent to like the, the offices, open up my offices and uh, open up the boxes in the change room. Why have I got... I'm opening my boxes, teammates coming in, kicking my stuff everywhere. I was just like, I'm not going to react to that because I'm not a child and I'm not going to get into... Because it's like... Your mentality is weird. Why am I going to go back and forth with you? I'm just here to hoop. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never sworn at anyone in locker rooms. I've never said anything horrible to anyone in locker rooms. I just I just think it's really interesting that when I leave a situation, I fire an agent. I move on to better days. All these people have negative things to say. It's very much to me, it's like, you can't control me. You can't control my image. So you try to put shit on it you try to talk down on me well I I move on and I grow and people just 
stick around talking about me. I don't really understand it. So you think the perception from people in your eyes incorrectly that you are a troublemaker? Mm-hmm. This is a broad question, but mm-hmm. why do you feel as though that does keep happening to you? Because I speak my mind. I'm not scared of anything. I'm not scared of a high institution. I'm not scared of losing my job. I'm not scared of losing my spot on a team. I'm not scared of what so-and-so thinks of me. I think I'm the only girl that's like at 19 that was like, no to a team taking me. Being a woman that knows what she wants and is afraid to say that or go after it, people don't like that. People don't like my confidence. I'm just me. Like, I don't know. This is the way I've been raised. Blame it on my mama. (laughs) Talk to her. At the end of the day, people want to talk about things that I haven't even done. It's like the things you shade the negative light with on me, I haven't even done those things. So if somebody said to you, what is the reason you're not in the WNBA? What would your answer be? You don't pay me enough. You do not pay me enough to warm up this Achilles every other day and hoop and get the shit beaten out of me on court to then sit in a commercial seat tomorrow. I'm 6'9", bro. I do not belong in an exit row. I fly myself business. Anywhere I go is business, premium economy. I have not seen the back of a plane unless I'm in the WBA. It's the only time I see it. And I'm not upgrading my own seat to get to work. Y'all should be paying that. Mm-hmm. I'm 6'9", 245. You got me uncomfortable then to play a game, run around every other day. It's just the, the cons really outweigh the pros for me. Mm-hmm. to being in the WNBA. And it's been that way since I was 19 years old. I did the maths the other day, and f- for the six seasons I played in the WNBA, I think it came to 900 k before tax. That was my last Chinese contract for one season. And that's what you got for six in the W. What does that make you feel about your value here? Very low. I don't think there's a more depressing time than um, when, like, June, July comes around and those NBA guys are signing their contracts. Like, I love that for them. It's amazing for them. But as a woman, knowing that my max here is 200K and that that's the ceiling. That is the glass roof. That's the ceiling. You can't go through that. I can't even do extra work as well. Like when I was work, when I was playing for Vegas, I couldn't DJ in Vegas because MGM owned all of the strip, owned the team. And that, that's uh, it's against the CBA. And so that's my issue. People are like, oh, you hate Becky Hammond for making a million dollars. That is not what I said. <laughs> that is not what I said. I think every woman in the whole world deserves a million dollars. You deserve a million dollars. You deserve a million. We all, girl, we go through it. We all deserve our coin. <clears throat> but when you have a coach that is making... I think a whole team salary, sorry, um, salary cap is 1.3 mm-hmm. for a whole team. Your max player is on 200. Your, the coach is making five times the max player. Like, I'm sorry, that math dis- is so disrespectful to me. <laughs> and it's not taking away from a coach making a million dollars. It's it's the CBA and the limitations of the players making more money. That's my yeah. issue is the CBA. And it has been from day one. I don't understand the media 
constantly trying to twist the things I say into a negative way when all I want is better for women. I really don't understand it. So you're saying your issue is more so about the dispersal of this money. Why Mm -hmm. is only one type of person Mm -hmm. getting this million dollars? How can we make the playing field level for everybody Mm -hmm. involved? Mm -hmm. And you feel like that message has been lost in translation for you. It's been so lost when it was just literally one tweet. I don't understand how one tweet that literally said the WBA where a coach can make a million dollars and play is is like 200. I think that was the tweet. Mm -hmm. But people take that and just like manipulate it. I just, I just don't understand it. I don't understand. I miss the days when like journalists really went after the truth or like actually wrote a story and like interviewed people. When I went and hooped in Israel this year, it was really funny. I, um, I saw a Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. I saw a Daily Mail article about me going to hoop in Israel saying, oh, it's the end of Liz's career. This is the... This is her falling out, la, 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 la. I was like the biggest sign that Israel has ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And I did that just from a coach calling me and filling in for Kalani Brown. If it, was Kalani, if it wasn't Kalani Brown injured, I would not have gone. But I wanted to like help that girl out and keep the team happy. And it was like the best time of my life. I made friends forever. I had the best time in Ashdod. Shout out Maccabi Ashdod because that was one of the best <laughs> situations I've ever hooped in. But this, this, this journalist wanted to make it the most you know, disrespectful, end of her days, blah, 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 type article. I look her up. This is my, this is what I do. You want to write something bad about me? You, you comment crazy things about me? I'll go on your profile. I'll look you up. Check out your LinkedIn. Find your Facebook. <laughs> it's just my thing. You know, I just get a little kick out of it. And I see how you're living. And I see how sad that is. And I see... I see a lot of sports journalists like you wanted to be what I am. You want to be doing what I am. This that was your dream. You wanted to be a pro cricketer, but you're not. And you hate to see women like me doing their thing, doing whatever they want, how they like. And you're in an office writing about me and making it as negative as you can, because that's what's in your heart. Do you think that there is a part of you that maybe without even realizing it? So, do you watch Game of Thrones? I do. I do. So there's, um, <laughs> and it's a bit of a tangent. I was like, where's going? But there is this scene in Game of Thrones where Tywin Lannister is talking to Jamie. Yes. And Tywin is like, you care too much what people think about you. And mm-hmm. then Jamie says, I couldn't care less what people think about me. Mm-hmm. And then Tywin goes, I think that's what you want people to think about you. Mm-hmm. Do you think you really are okay Mm -hmm. with what people think of you in a vacuum? I'm only asking you because it feels like Mm -hmm. what you're explaining as Mm -hmm. somebody who is internalizing what people are saying in some Mm -hmm. way, which Mm -hmm. I think is natural. I think every human being says Mm -hmm. they don't care what people say about them. Mm -hmm. I do the same thing. Mm -hmm. But I'm also aware of what they said. But more importantly, I'm aware of how it made me feel. Mm -hmm. Did it make you feel a way that this journalist said this about you, even though you know it's not true? Mm -hmm. But I've seen the articles about you. I did extensive Mm -hmm. research on you, and I'm sure it has to be a lot Mm -hmm. that there are so many people saying things about you. Mm -hmm. And you saying so much of it isn't true. Mm -hmm. There's no way you can just always brush that off. It is frustrating. Like I've, I've had blogs about me on the Internet since I was 15 years old. If I truly cared what people said about me, I'd be dead by now. Like, I've lost friends to suicide due to Australian media. 
I've seen friends hospitalized from the attacks lashed out from media in Australia. It's different. UK Australian media is very different and there's different protective laws as well. Like you can't just like sue someone for defamation in Australia. There's a lot of past uh, players in Australia, members of the board um, who have used their platforms to lie about me, lie about relationships with me um, and just, just speak on me negatively to take away from the true issues with Basketball Australia. I feel like I'm used as a scapegoat for a lot of things. Just my name gets thrown into things just as a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, if I, if I truly cared, I don't think I would be here. If I was like, oh, she said this and this and this. People have talked about me my whole life. Mm-hmm. And the bigger you are, the more people are going to talk about you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then let's, let's clear some things up. I want to get your perspective on a few things. Okay. So the last time we saw you playing in the WNBA mm-hmm. was July of last year with the mm-hmm. Sparks. Mm-hmm. Can you walk me through that day of your last game? I believe it was July 23rd of last year. We were in Vegas. Mm-hmm. We were in Vegas. And I remember, it was funny, I remember seeing um, Mark before the game and growing up and hugging Mark. And he's been he's been a really big... Um, What's the word? In, in, inspiration for women's sports, just for mm-hmm. how much he's like trying to put... Mark Davis. Yeah, Mark Davis. Me. Sorry, Mark Davis. Yeah. Uh, just give women everything they deserve over in Vegas. You know, being... Getting to see him work and how he goes about things is 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 really special because I feel like a lot of owners just use the WNBA as a tax write-off. You don't really mm-hmm. care. Like, it's just a flex, like, owning it. But you're like, Mark cares. He cares. Like, you just pretend to, like, be cool and care about women's sports, like, own a WNBA team. Y'all not courtside? How are you the owner of a team? I seen you at one game. But anyway, I saw Mark that day, gave him a big hug. I was like, you make, you, he makes me want to be an owner one day. He makes me want to get my money to a place where I can own teams and really, like, put women on a pedestal. Um, but saw Mark, went into the locker room, was warming up for the game. And then I remember being on court that game. I had some friends in Vegas that night as well. I remember being on court and just like a few disrespectful teammates yelling at me because they don't know how to throw a lob pass to me in the post. I'm just like... You're saying Sparks teammates. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm really dealing with like girls just yelling at me because they're frustrated without how they don't know how to throw the ball to me. Our coaching staff doesn't want to teach them like how to use a post player like me. I remember running down the court and a girl that was like a really frustrated me in Vegas while I was there, like stepped in front of me and took a charge as I'm like running down the court. I was like, okay, this is just another straw on the camel's back. And then I was like another play and this teammate of mine came up and was just like yelling at me again. I get subbed off. I sit on the bench. I sit down next to Shanae. I'm like, I'm done. Like, this is it. I'm done. Mind you, like, we've had, like, a lot of issues throughout this season. Like, we, coach got fired. GM got fired. A lot of players in and out. A lot of players injured and sick. I'm just like, I'm done. I have nothing to give anymore. This is too much going on in this situation. Like, I'm 30 years old and you're yelling at me because you can't pass me the ball. 
for not enough money. Like if you were paying me more, I might be able to deal with this and like suck it up and move on. But as a 30-year-old woman who has been in these situations professionally for 15 years, I'm just done. I'm just done. Like I came to this team. I, I, I took a pay cut to, you know, help the team be better. I'm just like, you're, you're not doing anything to control these situations, these locker rooms, this, even coach this team. I'm good. Because right now, not only do I feel stupid, I look stupid as well. Mm-hmm. And there ain't nothing worse than looking dumb. You had said, I believe in your own words in that post, that it was abrupt. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like you left so abruptly in that moment? I was just, when I'm done, I'm done. Like when I'm done, like I really just had an epiphany in the middle of the game. I was just like, I'm done. So you didn't know until the game that that was, was going halfway, to be your... I was literally halfway through the game, sat on the bench, looked at Shanae and was like, I'm done. I packed my stuff up after the game. I said, I wish y'all the best of luck. Met my friends. We went to dinner at Tao, went home, drove with one of the rookies home the next day back to LA from Vegas. That was it. The owner didn't want to talk to me. GM didn't want to talk to me. Talked to the coach. He was cool with it. I was getting text messages from staff. Like, if we don't win today, I'm going to quit tonight. This is from staff members. We would have game day. I'd have people ready to sit courtside. And they'll be like, you can't have your friends courtside today. We are so far in the red. We need people to buy tickets. You're telling me this on game day as I'm driving to the game. And I've got, like, celebrities sitting courtside. Like, just there's a level of professionalism that I like to work at. And if you're not meeting it, I'm probably going to walk away from the situation. Call me a diva. Call me whatever you want. But at the end of the day, I'm just a woman who knows what she wants and knows how she likes to operate on a professional level. This is meant to be the pinnacle of professional sports. Do you have any regrets at all about the way you did it? And just to, just to nope. play devil's advocate, the nope. reason I say that is because... Nope. There will be people that are going to see what you just said mm-hmm. and say, did you feel like there was professionalism in the way that you left? I got lied to about G-Wagons. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been lied to. I got lied to on so many levels. I got played with. You think I'm going to sit around and be played with and care about if it's professional or not? You think I care that deeply? When I sit here and I tell you everything that I went through, I feel like people are going to understand, oh, that's why she dipped. And I didn't really want to just sit there and talk badly all of a sudden. Like, I had to go heal from some from some other stuff and just get away from a toxic world. Like, when I'm gone, I'm gone. Like, this basketball stuff really hasn't even been in the forefront of my mind. Like, it's been a reason of like, yeah, I just can't take this shit anymore. But there's been a lot of other things I've had to focus on heal. Mm-hmm. So well. you've mentioned a few times, you know, that there was a bunch of reasons why you felt mm-hmm. like that moment wasn't working for you. Mm-hmm. Why is that? What are some of the things that you're just going to do anymore? Um, drive downtown every day. <laughs> I was living in Bel Air. That drive to downtown when you don't even want to go to work is pretty tough. Like when you wake up and you're like, I don't want to do this. That's not, a nice, that's not a nice way to live. When you're living and you're really unhappy with what you're doing, like that really affects my mental health. And me protecting my mental health will always be number one. Because I've been... I've been dragged through these situations and made to feel like shit from a young age. <sighs> I'm just trying to think what else was happening when I was there because this is a lot. This is really a lot. 
But the lying, just like, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Have you gotten a chance to tell those people that you feel lied to you? How you feel about oh, no, how those it people down? haven't spoken to me. I, they wouldn't even speak to me when I wanted to quit. What would you say if you could talk to them? I don't really have anything to say. I don't, like, I don't, I don't expect an apology. I don't expect apologies from anyone that's spoken badly about me or done wrong to me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just move, I just move away from it. Mm-hmm. I don't need you. Like, if you treat me badly, you show me those true colors. Like, I don't really want an apology or to be your friend or to carry on working with you. It's just like, you've shown me who you are. I know this already. How much of a role in that game, your last game with the Sparks, how much of a role did it play that it was against your former team? Mm, I think just being in Vegas, I was very triggered. Just like that, that. A lot of stuff happens in that yeah. city. Even the year before. It was a year before since the the Australian national team stuff where I got assaulted. It's like no one talks about that. People want to talk about things that didn't even happen within that within that scrimmage. But no one wants to talk about the reasons of why I didn't play. Or what I'm sorry, why I didn't want to play that game and why I ended up assaulted and not playing the all-star game the next day because I had concussion. Oh, no. don't worry. I'll let you talk about Nigeria <laughs> when it gets there. I got you. I got you. No one you. wants to talk about that. No one wants to talk about the truth. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the truth I haven't been ready to speak on. Like, I've really been abused and assaulted in this world of basketball and not protected. And I've had to get to a place where I'm ready to speak on it. Mm-hmm. That is a word that I have heard you say a lot as I'm reading things about mm-hmm. you, that there have been moments that you have felt unsafe mm-hmm. or unsupported. Mm-hmm. When is a time that you did feel safe and supported? In the W. <laughs> mm. It's hard because I'm I'm one of those girls that come in with a big target. You know, I come in with the personality. I come in with the following. Um, I come in with the game. And girls don't like that. Um, you know, defending me is be physical with me and foul me and hit me. It's not play her straight up so put a body on her it's like beat the shit out of her on court and then referees want to even up the game and just let it happen and I'm fine with that happening in China like you know you know it's going to be tough in China like there's people paying off referees like there's a lot of money going on in China but to just be constantly like treated like that on court when you're benefiting off my image of me being here as well it's just like, not, it's not protective. It's not a situation. I'm not Shaq. <laughs> I'm not, like, I'm a girl. I'm just a girl that likes to hoop. And it's just, you guys try to continuously turn me into, like, you want me to be this beast. You want me to be this. You want me to be that. I'm just Liz, yo. Mm-hmm. I'm just a big girly that hooped for a little bit and has a lot of other interests. And I feel like because basketball isn't my do or die situation, like, I'm not out there shooting on the court to my hands bleed. I don't need to. I'm cash. My shot's cash. I'm getting my work. But I don't really need to be out there shooting until my hands bleed. And it's just, gets a little bit black swan. You know, the want to be the best. Some people want it so bad that they want to take other people out of the light so they can take it for themselves. Well, what sticks out to me about what you just said is that you didn't have an answer to a time that you felt safe or supported? Are you Mm -mm. saying that you've never in your career felt that way? Probably not. 
May, I think the happiest I ever was was the Dallas, that Dallas season. I was surrounded by really great girls, had a really great coach. But even in that situation, to not trust a GM owner, still don't. Shady things happened the way Fred was fired that season. I was brought back to that team with the promise that if I didn't enjoy the season, I would be traded. They wanted to keep me. I had to go have a mental breakdown on Instagram about them, you know, not treating me like a human, lying to me once again. I think that's why people really hate me is like, I'm not scared to like go crazy on social media. Like I'm not scared. To, I'm not scared to cry. I'm not scared to show my emotions. I'm not scared to show you how I feel because that's who I am. That's what I'm feeling. It's like, why, why do you get to lie to me in closed doors and in private rooms, but I can't show my emotions or tell the truth to the world? I'll never understand it. So was the switch, as you talk about the sparks, because, you know, there was a time where you were saying that that was when you felt the most safe and supported. Mm -hmm. When you first got there and you were talking about how much you were enjoying your time in LA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When did that switch happen? Oh, girl, I was lying. I was really (laughs) lying. Like, it was from training camp that the sparks situation was bad. And that's the Mm -hmm. thing. Like, I really tried to keep the peace and believe in it for a long time. But, like, we had our training camp uh, in the Lakers facility right? We're still doing weights in alleyways and ice baths in the car park, but we're using, we're in the Lakers facility. We, we can't use their recovery center. We can't use their weight room. We're really doing ice baths in the car park of the Lakers facility. That's, that was probably some of the most disrespectful times I've really felt. I was like, damn, it's really reminded me of us uh, when Sedona Posted all that stuff with the college Yeah, during stuff. the tournament. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, like, this is really meant to be the pinnacle. I was like, yeah, I'm a Sparks. Like, we're doing our training <laughs> camp with the, with the Lakers facility. I was so excited. People were like, wait till you see the game room. Wait till you see the big gold door in the game room. See a weights room. People coming up to me talking about how amazing the Lakers facility is. I wouldn't know. I would not know. I saw one practice call, an alleyway where we did weights and then the cold tubs in the car park. And this is meant to be the start of our season. And then we moved to another training training facility, which was like the worst thing I've ever seen. We walked into that place. I, I went straight up to the GM. I said, what is this? This is the worst. I said, this is the worst facility I've ever seen in the WBA. You said that? Yes. In his response? Tell our owner. Even though he lied straight, he was the one who organized the whole thing, but wants to lie to me and pretend it was the owner's doing. Please don't lie to me. Don't play games with me. I'm not the one to be played with. Well, there's been a lot of mention just kind of of moments that you've had with other Mm -hmm. people. And, you know, anytime that there are big events or big shifts, many relationships do get strained. Mm -hmm. But is there a relationship in the WNBA that you wish you could mend? I could mend? Mend. Mm Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no one. No. No. Really? No. And the people that are your former teammates, mm-hmm. where do your relationships stand with them? I only ask because, you know, they're going to see you talking about the game or them mm-hmm. not being able to throw a pass to you or the other things mm-hmm. that you said. They're mm-hmm. going to have thoughts about that thing. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about that? I feel like people will always have like memories of me. And for me, it's just like something that happened in passing. Mm. I feel like that's a big thing. Like, 
I don't know. My friends have my number. I still have best friends in the league. I still watch them hoop on the little app. It's yeah. impossible to find those games on TV, but I'm still watching on the app um, and supporting how I can. And I still get all the goss, all the tea. I still get phone calls. <laughs> I don't really care for it, but people want to keep me in the loop. I don't know, but I would I would love to play in the W. I would love for it to be a situation where I'm I'm happy to see money in my bank account and I'm getting to work safely and feeling good. But being stuck in a little exit row when you want me to play 40 minutes tomorrow is just not feasible for me in my body, mind and spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, being in locker rooms where like a lot of these women need like mental help because we do a lot. We're on the road a lot. We travel a lot. If we're not in America, the girls are probably overseas in Europe. There's a lot going on and I've seen a lot of alcohol abuse over the years. I've seen a lot of gambling issues over the years. I've seen a lot of issues. I'm, I speak on my stuff openly, mm-hmm. but there's girls that need a lot of help in these locker rooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the onus to change the league obviously isn't on you or any of the players. It is on the powers that be to figure out how to make it work for all people. It's not your responsibility. No. But what is it that you want to see? In these things that you're looking to change, is there anything that you are wanting to do to help that change move forward? I've offered my help. No one wants it. You know, I I saw gaps in marketing um, as a like, as the girly athlete. um, And I lent into it. I really lent into it because no one else was doing it. I found a way to market myself to the point where I make more money off court than I ever did on court in the WBA. And I know a lot of people don't have that mentality. Like I own businesses in Australia. I own a vitamin company. I own gyms. Starting two fashion labels here. Vita drop, I saw. Vita, thank you, girl. (laughs) I gotta get you some. Gotta get you some. But like, I've always had a business. My my mom's a CEO, Mm -hmm. and that's where a lot of my fashion comes from as well. Is watching her go to work in suits. That's why I always wear suits to games because I'm going to work. It's business. (sighs) Yeah. But, you know, marketing, I love I love business. I love numbers. I love analytics and I love making money. Um, you know, I've helped a lot of the girls with their marketing stuff as well and mm-hmm. and given them, you know, help with what they need. If it's styling, if it's trying to find a new agent, manager, if they should stay in college or if they should go to the WNBA. Like, I'm always there to help, but I just don't think people really want to listen to me because I've just like said too much already. Mm-hmm. Like, why would, why would you want to go get help from the girl that's already said so much shit about y'all? Mm-hmm. And I, it's not like... But I mean, that's the I thing, really though. What do you feel is the answer to that? Because that's a fair... Like, I don't feel like I'm talking shit. I've just been open and honest. And I feel like people take that negatively. Like, I don't want to talk shit about it. It's mm-hmm. just like, you don't pay me enough. Like, $40,000 as a rookie for a whole summer is not enough. It wasn't enough money for me as a, as a 19-year-old. Mm-hmm. So I left the WBA for four years. Mm-hmm. Came back, played a couple of seasons, gone again. Like, that's how I operate. I'm to and I'm from. And I, I don't think people don't like that I'm, I'm a little bit of free spirit. Mm-hmm. If this isn't serving me, la, 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 I'll go to like this. I'll go focus on this. Mm-hmm. If that's done, I'll go focus on something else. I'm so ADD. I have so many interests. I have mm-hmm. so many passions that if one thing isn't feeding me, I'm just focusing on the other thing. Yeah. But I mean, going off of that, Mm -hmm. the ordeal with the Sparks, that was the third time that you were able to force your way out of a team. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm sure some people see that and they think that that is a Liz pattern. Do you know how many people, like the team, like I know girls that have played on every team. Like getting, moving around in the WNBA, in the NBA, it isn't, it isn't rare. Mm-hmm. Like look at Katie, how many teams Katie been on? Mm-hmm. Look at, look at any player, any player, how many teams have been on? Candace, she's just been on three. Mm-hmm. And she spent like her whole life in LA. I've seen girls that have been on five different teams. People get tossed around in the WNBA. I feel like I'm the only person that's like, no, I don't want to go there. No, I don't want to go there. Yes, I do want to go here. I want to get out of here. Like, I forced my way out of these situations. Like, mm-hmm. I forced my way out of these situations. I haven't been pushed out of any situations. I've left. Everything I've been a part of, mm-hmm. I've left. Tulsa, Dallas, I left. Vegas, I left. Text messages trying to resign me. I left LA. I left in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. It's just the it's the media's just constant takedown of me. That's so crazy that it's like I've been on three teams and that looks <laughs> negative when it's just literally the normal thing yeah. in this career. Mm. Do you think though, when you think about all of this, you think about what the media is saying? Because mm-hmm. I do agree. Generally, the media. When I say the media, I mean I'm mm-hmm. a part of the media. The mm-hmm. media. But you're different. I'm sorry, but you're so different. Like, I feel like you really take the time to, like, interact and get to know the athletes. And when other journalists try to do it, because, like, you see, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm going to be a bit here. But, like. <laughs> Which I appreciate. You don't have to. I, I truly like, you're appreciate real. that. At the, at, the, at, the, at the beginning of the day, like, you're, you're real and you're Thank doing you. this from your heart. You don't have to do the cloud stuff. People are just nat- naturally attracted to you and trust you. A lot of these guys Thank trust you. you and want to be around you. We don't want to be around other journalists guys kicking ESPN reporters out of their section they're trying to be cool with it (laughs) you know you're not getting kicked out of sections people want to be around you you. there's other journalists out here that are so hungry and thirsty for any story that they write anything but you got integrity and you're real so you're different that is very kind that is very kind truly that is a a great compliment so that makes me smile thank you you're welcome I do think the the job that I am a part of I am a part (laughs) of the media what a lot of times that we are doing is seeing the information that's presented to us Mm -hmm. and sometimes when there are gaps or things that we don't know when the person isn't Mm -hmm. talking Mm -hmm. Your job is to give your opinion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with that, people end up forming conclusions that mm-hmm. maybe sound like they're fact, even though mm-hmm. they're opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think that what is happening with you, or at least it seems like there are a lot of things that are inside of you that you're like, I either haven't talked about this or mm-hmm. I didn't get space and there's things that I want to say. Mm-hmm. But there's just so many question marks surrounding it that mm-hmm. it has allowed people to fill in the gaps of the things that they don't mm-hmm. know. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I'm, you're not doing anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You have the absolute right to speak when you want to speak and mm-hmm. not speak when you don't want to mm-hmm. speak. But I think people are maybe more so curious with the things that have happened to you. Mm-hmm. A lot of them that you have described have not been fair. Mm-hmm. But what role do you feel like you have played in how things have gone in your career? Hmm. I don't know. I'm just a girl that's been trying to hoop. It's like when I had to deal with blackface, a teammate doing blackface stuff on the Australian team. Like I was painted as the racist troublemaker for being upset about a teammate doing blackface. And that's on, that was put on me. That was put on me? Okay. 
I've just been in so many situations, like like you said, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about it. I don't need to talk. I feel like I don't need to talk about it because, and then, because I don't say anything, reporters will fill it in and just say literally mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. So the the gaps in your career. Yeah. If you were just attributing it to one thing, mm-hmm. one thing. Yeah. What is that thing for you? Wait, like when I've not been playing, like what yeah, I've been doing? Yeah, or not been playing or not been happy or figuring mm-hmm. things out. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like just is that reason that for you it isn't working? Because it seems like you feel like this is experience mm-hmm. is specific to Liz, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just different. I think I made a lot of money very young overseas uh, in China. And I learned quickly like my worth and my value. Mm. And I don't I don't sit in situations where I'm not valued. And as an athlete, you can just get treated like a piece of meat. And I, I know I'm a human. And I don't let people treat me like a piece of meat. Mm. I don't let people use me. I don't let people play me. And I'll just walk away from a situation. I don't think people can just walk away. Um, and I think that that comes from me having other interests and other businesses. Like, I'm not just a hooper. I'm very, very good at basketball. Mm -hmm. But I also have a business portfolio that no one else in the WNBA has. Like, I remember when I was going to Vegas, the the first season Bill wanted me in Vegas, I was like, I need 10 days to pack up my house um, and just get things right with my business before I leave. He's like, no, you need to leave tomorrow. I said, okay, that doesn't work for me. I'm stay here. Let me know if you still want me in 10 days, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, he calls me, get on the flight and come here. Okay. I'm the type of girl that's going to pull my foot down and do things my way. You can call that toxic. I have other things and other interests that need to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to get to training camp, give you 30, 20 every other game. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to do my job. I might not be buddy-buddy with all the girls because it gets very bitchy and gossipy. And I'm just like, since high school, I've tried to stay away from that. I don't I don't like gossip. I don't like that environment. And that's probably another thing. Like a lot of people just gossip about me. You don't know anything about me. You don't know what my home life looks like. You don't even know what my house looks like. You don't even know where I live. You literally don't even have my phone number. Like, <laughs> all these people talk about me like you know me. You don't even have my phone number. Like, it's so fun. It's frustrating. No, I, I, I feel that. That's like that's like the most frustrating thing is just like people talking on you and you don't even know me. I don't even talk to you. I would never even give you the time of day. Like, that's honestly the most frustrating thing as a, I hate using celebrity word, as someone who's known, someone who has a following. That is the most frustrating thing is just like people talking like they know something but you know nothing well I do want to talk about something that you have touched on a bit Mm -hmm. um, and that is in line with this and that Mm -hmm. is the altercation with the Nigerian team Mm -hmm. obviously there were reports of a physical and verbal altercation between Mm -hmm. your Australian team and the Nigerian team Mm -hmm. and a report says that you called the players monkeys and told Mm -hmm. them to go back to their third world country Mm -hmm. you have vehemently denied these reports yes but there is also a group of people that say that you did say these things Mm -hmm. why are these stories so drastically different oh a lot of girls don't like me And a lot of times I say no to something, people really want to make me look like the issue. I never wanted to go into that Olympics. I spent the whole week going into that bubble saying I don't want to be in the bubble. Show you text messages between me and Sandy Brondello. I do not want to go to this Olympics. I do not want to be a part of this Olympics. 
I do not believe in this Olympics. I feel like the Tokyo Olympics is everything against what the true Olympics is. Like Olympics is about nations coming together, not weird bubbles. I was, I'm very not a bubble girl. I have anxiety. I need to be able to leave situations like that. Like I'm very much, I walk into a room, I know where the exit is. And going into the WNBA bubble, I didn't want to do that. I just, that was going to be my worst nightmare. Going to a, <laughs> an Olympic bubble, I didn't want to do that. So much pressure. Like this is the pinnacle of sports, is the Olympics. I'm already struggling mentally and physically. I, I was, I'm open and honest about everything. We had, we were in a bubble, right? It's funny, the media reported that I, I was breaking the bubble, going clubbing in Vegas. I never broke a bubble. People broke the bubble to meet with me, though, to try and get me on the team. I went and did the team. I realized my my number one person I needed there, my my uh, my psychologist wasn't has been kicked off the team. And we're not taking a psychologist to the Olympics. I do not want to be a part of this. I, if there's one place I need mental help, it's at the Olympics. That mm-hmm. is the most pressure cooker of a situation. And it's like, I'm not just going to the Olympics like to sit on the bench. It's like, you want me carrying this team. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. Get on my back. Let's go. I'm going to take you to a medal. It's like, I'm already coming to the coach and the captain, rock bottom, dealing with like relationship drama, dealing with like Vegas drama, dealing with like all-star team drama. You couldn't name a woman that was on three different teams a week leaving into the Olympics. I was on the all-star team. I was on the Olympic team. I was on the Vegas team. I had to tell Vegas I was missing games to go join this bubble. I go into the bubble. Our head coach isn't even there. Our head coach is still coaching the WNBA and you've got me in this bubble? Okay, I'm talking with the doctors. My Achilles is messed up. They put me on steroids straight away. I'm already like getting using Valium to get through the day. I'm stressed, so stressed about life. I just knew that a situation like the Olympics was not it for me that year. So I've, I've already gone into the situation vulnerable, being open and honest about everything going on in my life. Like girls on that team knew outside of basketball, what I was going through. And that I think it's really sick and twisted that because I didn't want to be a part of the Olympics and I'm just, it's another thing I can walk away from, but y'all need me there. And because I didn't want to be there, you want to ruin my image and my reputation because I don't want to be on your team. It's like I said, it's like dealing with weird exes. Why are you talking about me? (laughs) Just for clarification, because I had said, why are the stories so drastically different? Uh And you had said, because you say, you say it's because you feel like the girls don't like you. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by girls? The both teams, one team, what are you referring to? Well, this to? one girl that's been saying that I called them monkeys, N words, like that's not, I'll call you a bitch. I'll call you a dumb bitch. That's, that's what I say to people when we get into it. I don't really lean towards racially, you know, backed like insults. That's not how I go. I'm very pro black. So I'm you very, maintain that you did not say either of those things. I did not say these things. to these girls. This girl that's saying all these things, right, had a lot to say about me. Leak the tapes. I've never owned the tapes. Leak the tapes. Y'all want to see the truth? Leak the tapes. Everyone in Australia has seen the tape. Still lying about what's on these tapes. Leak the tapes. So I guess, I guess that still does, you know, beg the question because at the end of the day, it is one person saying that you mm-hmm. said one thing, mm-hmm. one person saying they didn't. Mm-hmm. And the truth is somewhere in there. And no, only people that know are the people that were there. Yeah. But I guess it's just why. 
why would something as bad as this Mm -hmm. happen? Because the truth looks a lot worse for other organizations involved than using me as a scapegoat. Like, why does Nigeria want me to leave Australia and go represent them? Why are we about to... You're saying right now? We're filing for me to leave the Australian team so I can represent Nigeria. Because Nigeria would like you to join the team? Mm -hmm. I've been in cahoots. I've been talking with them since all of this happened. This is what I mean. People don't know. People don't know the truth. No, I haven't. I honestly haven't had one like journalist that's written all these lies, like actually come to me and want my side of the story. Like there's a whole tape with the truth out there. I want it out there. Like put it out there. Put it out there. Mm -hmm. Let the people see. I don't own it. I've never owned it. I didn't even have it when everything happened. I couldn't even protect myself with it. I had to get lawyers to get a tape with my own assaults on it. So just because of, you know, the nature of people and the nature mm-hmm. of the internet, there will be people that watch this and still don't believe the things that you're saying. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them? But then also, do you understand their hesitancy to mm-hmm. accept the words that you're saying right now based I, on everything else? I understand that, like, people really believe in the media and just believe everything that's shown. And it's like half of this stuff is just like controlled lies to benefit the image of others. That's truly what the media is, no? Mm-hmm. Like I see so many of these stories. I see the ways that people market themselves. I'm like, that's not who you are. That's not how it goes. And I just, I don't play games. I don't lie. I'm a very honest, truthful person. I have nothing to lie. I'm very, I sit here today and I'm like, leak the tapes. Do what you want. Because the tape, the things that they've shown you is not the truth. I can't, what do you want me to do? I put out a, I put out a press release saying I didn't say these things. Mm-hmm. People just want to believe the negative in me. Have you been able to speak to the women that say they were affected by your words? Have there been conversations between? There was no words. But have there been conversations between the person saying there are words? I don't know. When this all happened, a coach tried to be like, you said this. I was like, I didn't say that. I went and apologized to people. I was like, I didn't say these things. I don't know if y'all are deaf. This isn't what I said. I didn't want this Olympics to happen. I think I just like been hit and I was on the bench drinking. I was like, we should all go back to our fucking countries. Like we should all just go home. I didn't say anything third world. I didn't call anyone an animal. I didn't call anyone an Edward. I got attacked on the court so many times. I had this one girl who I found out was in the wedding party of one of these Vegas teammate girls. It's actually the girl that kicked my stuff everywhere. So I'm like, oh, there's a little chain of y'all just not liking me. Um, Called me ugly, called me slow, called me lazy. I think this girl that had all the things to say to me is kind of just like projecting lies to the media. And I think that's really coming from a, a dark place within her. So I'm like, I see, I see how people act. I see how people move. Like, I don't need to talk to you. I see it. Mm -hmm. You lying, you doing this and that. Like, why would I need a relationship with you? This is, this is, I've, I've struggled a lot with the Australian team. I've said constantly, like I've dealt with teammates with blackface. I've dealt with coaches lying, coaches pushing other athletes to talk badly about me in the media. There's been a lot, I've, I've loyaled up. With the, with the Opals before. Like, this isn't anything new. Mm-hmm. Um, but for other people, like, this is a big, like, like me having my name, like, ripped through the media is just another day for me. Well, I was going to say, how do you feel like that report specifically just affected how maybe people view you? 
that report specifically. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. And has that been hard? It's, it, it is frustrating because I feel like I've, I've, I've used so much of my life to try and push Black women to the front and on a pedestal. Um, especially growing up in Australia, very whitewashed. I've had to deal with a lot of racism. I've had to deal with a, a lot of things as a Black female. Um, so for someone to really like attack my character and say these things when they're not true, it's just, I see that as sick in the head. I, I see lying on a public level as sick. Yeah. What do you think playing with the Nigerian team could represent for you? And is it a thing that you're going to do? Where do you stand? I hope, I really hope Australia releases me and FIBA allows it. Because um, my fans miss me playing. I, I would love to do another Olympics. Paris will be fab. There's nothing like the Olympic Village. It's like one of the most inspirational places ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my last Olympics was hideous. Rio Olympics was horrible. The Rio Olympics was one of the worst times of my life. And that's a reflection of the coaching staff. It was a reflection of the team. And I would I would love to start fresh with teammates that understand me, look like me, and and appreciate me and respect me. Yeah, I've been talking with the Nigerian coach every like it was every day when this all first happened, but you know, Coach Otis and I are pretty tight and he has my back and I, I love him for that. Does basketball still make you happy? It does. Good. I have so much fun hooping. Mm-hmm. It's brought me so much love. Um, I just feel like I've just really struggled. <laughs> it's funny, like China love. I, I don't know if it's because I don't speak Mandarin. I don't really understand what's going on. I can just go, go. <laughs> yeah, like I'm just playing. Play. I'm very like, <laughs> la, la, la. Like, I just want to do my job. I remember saying in the media when I came back to the Australian team after the blackface issue, they're like, oh, still asking something about friends. I was like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to just hoop. I'm here to hoop with my team and my teammates. You don't have to be best friends. You don't have to be buddy buddies. Yes, respect each other on the court, locker room. That's my that's my teammate. I'll bat, I'll go to battle for you. You're my teammate. But you don't need to be my best friend away from the court. And that's how I really, I'm an only child, right? I'm very good at being on my own, doing my own thing. I don't need someone to hold my hand. I don't need a buddy to do everything. I'm a very independent, move alone female. Um but at the end of the day, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I really don't know. I <laughs> well, the, really don't know. The thing is, you are very interesting to me for a myriad of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I hear also, just when you're talking about this, there is something about identity as well. Mm-hmm. Because you talk about, you know, being Black, growing up in Australia. Mm-hmm. I believe you grew up with your mom who is who is white, correct? Mm-hmm. Your dad's Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Also, too, you come here, and I feel like I really do this on some levels. You are a lot of different things, right? Mm-hmm. Your presence generally is mm-hmm. big. You both also physically are big. Mm-hmm. You are a bubbly person. You mm-hmm. are somebody who likes to talk. You are mm-hmm. beautiful. You are very good at a very specific thing, but you do other things. And I'm sure that mm-hmm. people have wanted to put you into this one box, even though you are able to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. There is just a lot that is Liz. And like I said, mm-hmm. I, I understand that. But I just wonder in what ways that has just made life difficult for Mm -hmm. you, not because of you, Mm -hmm. but because of how people Mm -hmm. see you. And Mm -hmm. that's something that you're likely having to think about Mm -hmm. every single day because Mm -hmm. you are a lot of different Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. It's funny. One of the the members of the Australian team, he said, he's like, I couldn't be you. You have so much going on. 
And I, I, I forget like, cause I'm me and I don't really look at what other people are doing. That's one thing. Like I've, I've had so much going on for me. I don't look at what sponsorship she has or what money she's making mm-hmm. on, on this. Like I've never, I've never wanted to take away from other things, uh, other people. Cause I've always had so much going on for me mm-hmm. that I think people really <laughs> don't like that. I have so much going on. I don't I, am I meant to apologize? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I just, this is a small, women's sport is a very small pool with a very small light on it. And when you get a big, great white shot like me, big old killer <laughs> whale in there, and I'm just taking, I'm taking up a lot of this pool. There's not, a, there's not a lot of food in this pool and I'm eating it all. I'm taking everything. But then I can like go to the ocean and do other things as well. All the little fishes in that pool don't like it. So you would almost, you, to you, you'd point to that as like a big reason why in your eyes maybe have been fully embraced. I've I've been at events. I remember going to Coachella and I was staying at the big Zendara. Um, I was with Adidas. I was staying at the big Zendara, this amazing resort. Everyone gets their own villa at this resort, right? I was in the villa. I think Trey Young was in a villa. There was another athlete with me. She was in a hotel. She's an older athlete. We were all meant to go to like Coachella Festival together that night. She was drunk in the hotel room crying, complaining about me being in the villa, crying about, you know, all the young girls coming through, taking the light, blah, 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 blah. Like I, I get told, I hear things about how people complain about me, bitch about me, as sick of seeing me with the things I have and want to take that away. It's I don't think I know. I know these things. It sucks that people really mentally elect that like see me with things I want to take it away like I've walked into my Sparks locker room and girls are talking about how much money I'm making at Adidas I was the highest paid other girls don't like that I'm barely in the WBA I'm barely in America I don't know I'm just I'm just trying to do me and not ruffle any feathers and just take what comes to me but that still pisses people off you know I'll be the first person to say that nobody should read comments. They're ridiculous and you should not read them. That's why I'm but, not even on Twitter. I, I don't go on Twitter. Yeah. I do not go on Twitter because it's like y'all just saying anything on this, on the, I'm sorry, it's called X now. X now, now yes. <laughs> but I say that because as I was watching a lot of your stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of the comments are just saying she could have been the best WNBA player ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, was that a, the goal of yours? Is it still? How do no. you feel when people say things like that? No. That was never a goal of yours. Do you feel like you could have I didn't been? even know what the WNBA was when I got drafted. And when I got to the WNBA, I wanted out straight away. Why would I want to be the best? Like, why? For what? You don't treat me well. I've never been in a situation where I've wanted to be the best at this. Most situations, I've wanted it to be over and get out. What do you want to be the best at? Um, Living my life. And I feel like I do that very well. Um, for me, like a million layups it d- isn't filling my cup. Like, I really don't think I was put on this earth just to hoop. I feel like there's so much more to life than just sport. I'm a creator. I'm a creative. I love making businesses and running businesses and startups. Um, I was never even a sporty kid. Like I started hooping at 10 just to make friends. 
I didn't watch sport as as a teenager. WNBA was never on TV in Australia. Um, I saw a little bit of LeBron, Kobe, uh, Shaq growing up. You know, everyone always called me Shaq. I hated that. I never <laughs> wanted to be a post player. Yeah, it's like you want you you wanted me to be the best. You guys wanted me the best. I just like to hoop and have fun and shoot the shit. I like I like being the best at ones with guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I you just, you view hooping differently than yeah. what people are putting it on. It's a as. hobby for me. It's a hobby. Like, yeah, it was my be all and end all in my 20s. But I'm a 30 year old woman. I think people forget I'm in my 30s. I know I look good. I've got chubby <laughs> like skin. Skin. I look, yeah, I got these chubby <laughs> cheeks like and a high pitched boy. Everyone thinks I'm so young. Like I'm always loud and running around. But I'm really just like. I'll be good at what I want to be good. I'm good at anything I apply myself to. I'm that type of person. Well, I mean, you you hold the record. Yeah, I hold the record for scoring. Most points in a WNBA game, I believe it was 53. Yeah. Do you think that will ever be broken? Oh, yeah, definitely. Who do you think will break it? If you had to pick somebody playing right now. Sabrina. I think Sabrina's really coming into herself. Um, and she's probably a couple of years of, like from really taking over the league. I, if, I think anyone break it is going to be host Stewie. Mm. Um, or Plum. Yeah. If I was going to put money on any girls, it'd be those three. When you did that, did it feel like it in the moment? <laughs> Do you know what's crazy? When I did that, I didn't even know I was doing it. I didn't know it was, a, I didn't know the record. I didn't know I was breaking it until I was on the bench and it was said and done. Like if I knew I would have kept going for 60, but it's, it's funny here in the WNBA, like analytics and data and records is so big. That's yeah. just something I never grew up with. I think in Australia, like we don't really, it's like win or lose. That's all we care right. about. Like I didn't know, that's actually this in Vegas. I didn't know there was like records for like 10 plus point games in a row. Oh yeah, like consecutive, yeah. Yeah, but mm -hmm. like people are really playing for their records like out here. I've never seen... You know, there was one game, a girl got subbed and the coach was like, I'm sorry, like, we didn't hit your 10-point your record tonight. Like, this is the end of the record. I was like, I didn't really realize, like, that was a thing that's in people's minds when they go out and hoot. Like, the last thing I do is, like, put on my shoes and be like, oh, I'm going to break a record today. I just, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, but, you, interesting. but you did it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Like, it's just the thing I do. It's like, yeah. when I, did, I was the first woman to dunk in the Olympics. Yeah. I didn't go into that dunk being like, oh, this is the... I'm going to make history. I didn't even know no one had never dunked. I really thought Lisa Leslie had already done that. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know until it was done. Mm -hmm. This is what I mean. I'm just a girl who hoops. Yeah. I'm just a big-ass girlie who played some <laughs> basketball and has so many other dreams and aspirations in life. There is so much more mm -hmm. than this is basketball court. I mean, I think it is true. You really do love it. I know that you still do the runs in the valley mm -hmm. with the guys. I was all still there. I was there yesterday yeah. getting dunked on. Yeah. <laughs> for, for what? Because I love it. I love hooping. I love mm -hmm. competition. But it's just... Who there has been like a big source of just, you know, support and encouragement, you know? That Chris you're Johnson, with. my yeah. trainer. He's like big brother... Like, uncle vibes I've never had. He's really taken me under my wing. He's my big protector. And I, I literally sent him a message yesterday. I was just like, I thank you for all the love and all the light you've brought into my life and all the inspiration because I get to sit there and watch Jordan Clarkson train. You know, he's my favorite. Yeah. Ain't nobody, <laughs> ain't nobody dresses. I was about to say, I know he was dressed. Bruh. <laughs> he dresses how he hoops. <laughs> 
<laughs> and like all, all these kids these days, you care too much about what you wear into the game and not about what you like how you play in. Like too many people <laughs> care about their little walk-in outfits than yeah. the actual. They gotta get doing. the pick, you know. That's what you gotta do on the court. And yeah. for me, it's like I used to get bullied about like wearing suits and like dressing well to games. Now y'all hiring stylists to the game. Like, (laughs) the things I would do and you talk down on me about, like, you're all doing it. I just, I don't know. You know, I do have to make sure I ask you this as we probably in the final, like, 10 minutes or so. I want to talk to you about Skylar. Yes. Um, because I know that is somebody that you truly enjoyed playing with mm-hmm. and somebody that who... You you who said was, you said before, is there anyone you want to, like, clear stuff up with? Yeah, I don't, is there anybody that you would like I don't, to mend I don't, a relationship I don't with? have anything to mend with that girl. I love Skylar, but I would love to hoop with her again. Like, mm-hmm. the, if you had a question, like, who I want to hoop with again, there's a team. I've got... I got, can we make a Miami team? I know everyone's trying to ex- expand the league. Can <laughs> you we, want first to be of Miami. All, first of all, let's expand the CBA, then expand the league. I feel like that needs to happen first. Like expanding the league is just such a like, oh, look at this instead of look at the real issue that we need to work on. Um, but I would love a team in Miami. I'll be GM, play a GM if that ever happens. <laughs> I don't Wait, know. Tell me the starting five in this dream world Miami team. Who do you have? Okay, we got Skylar in the one. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who's coming out of college that I want like to draft as well. Um, well, we have what Haley. There's Angel. Mm, I'm thinking of mm, people that are playing right now. Yeah, I'm trying to think who I, who else I want. I'm trying to think of my two. I'm like, you don't know can, anyone current? I don't know current, but I'm trying to think like who can I get in the next who's draft. I feel like is Haley or Angel in the next draft? I got my I love I love they, some Haley. Angel could be the next one. No, oh, she young, bro. Angel would be in her what her second year, the one coming up. So oh really? Wait, I that think. was her first year of college last season. This would be her third coming up. I think. Oh my gosh, I need all the which college would mean tea. Uh, three. I don't know. Angel would be. Angel saying no, but I think Angel might. But keep going. <laughs> I was trying to think, okay, let me just think of like yeah. WNBA girls. I'll probably have Skylar in the one. Who I want as my two. I love Bebe. I love Raquana Williams so much. She's like one of my favorite shooters. And I play I played in Tulsa with her like day mm-hmm. one. I love Z. Azaray Stevens. Like that's my ride or die for life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd have her in the three or the four. She'll probably want to be the three. For the four. Hmm. <laughs> I can't, mm, can't I, I really want to play with Cameron Brink. I love that yeah, girl. Yeah, close. So oh, we also didn't say Caitlin. I mean, there's so many there's college so, girls. Oh, Caitlin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but she ain't going to pass me yeah. the ball. She ain't going to pass me the ball. She going to go for 50 points. Yeah. So I got to keep that. That's who might break that record, honestly. It's probably going to be Caitlin. I got to think about me as well when I'm making this team. Like, you can't be too hot, girl. You can't be too, I got to get the rock as well. <laughs> okay, okay, so you have Skylar, who is somebody Skylar. that you really want to play with. And also she too well. But can, can I like I love all these like young girlies coming out. Like Cam. I I wanna we've been talking about training together as well. Cam okay. and I. She's so lovely. I just love lovely girls and it's like beast mode on the court and just like you can leave it on the court. You yeah. can leave it on the court. People be yeah. taking this shit home with them. Leave, <laughs> leave it on the leave it on the hardwood, baby. But have you been able to talk to Skylar about everything that's going on? I, I, and if not, what would you say? What um, words would you give her? Probably about to text her after this tonight. 
Um, I just caught, I literally caught up on everything mm-hmm. on the car on the way here. Cause I'm not on socials like that. I'm really, I'm like, I'm days behind the news always. Um, but I feel like she's a woman that's really been, um, disrespected by the league. The league and, and mothers just don't, it's, it's rough. I'm, I'm, I'm not a mother, not yet, but I, I just don't see myself like raising a child and being a professional athlete. I, I saw Dierica Hamby do it and it's, I just don't understand how you juggle being a pro athlete mm-hmm. and, and a, uh, and a mother at the same time. Like it's a different level of power. And just like you're looking after these children and you try, I can't even get myself out of bed after a training session, let alone like get up and feed my baby. Yeah. No, I'm so amazed by Serena. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like when this is a women's league and you've got mothers, like we need to do everything to help them and protect them, Mm -hmm. raise their children while doing the best they can on the court. Like it's crazy to me. It's so Mm -hmm. crazy to me. Like, we have wombs, baby. Yeah. <laughs> we so bring, you're, so we you're like, in, you just want to say to Skylar, like, I see you. I see you. I, I love you. I think you're one of the best in the league. You're not only a player, you're a mother, you're a businesswoman, you're amazing. And I've, I've thought that since the day she'd been drafted and I got to play with her back in Tulsa, back in Dallas. Like, we've been through it together. Mm-hmm. Like, we've we've seen a lot together. Um, I don't know. She's seen, <laughs> she's seen a lot in Phoenix as well, but... I don't know. I feel like we all going to have really bestseller books in a couple of years. All of y'all. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of tea. There's a lot of tea to be spilled. And you know I'm messy. <laughs> Is there a day where you feel like a lot of these things that have happened, whether that is in your book, mm-hmm. you will be, you know, fairly explicit about the what, the who, the what happened? Mm-hmm. Because I still think even with this, there are gaps. People mm-hmm. are going to fill in, which mm-hmm. is fine. But mm-hmm. it, that's just because, you know, the lack of wanting to go all the way there about the mm-hmm. who and the what. Mm-hmm. But that will happen even now. Maybe. Like, I've I've recorded every phone call. I've, I've taken photos of every tweet, every message for, like, the past 10 years of, like, people who have done me dirty. Um, and I'm working with, like, lawyers to see, like, what's the best way to, like, so I can have the upper hand. It's been 10 years of people trying to speak down on me, defame me, tear my name through bullshit, lie on me. So it's like now that I have this here and I'm done with Basketball Australia, how can we really go after these people who have who have made my life difficult? Not how difficult, but I'm also really grateful. I'm really grateful for the people who showed me their true colors and showed me their true nature because I don't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. And like my life is so beautiful. My life is so beautiful. I saw in an interview you did with Amazon, you said that right now you're in your shut the fuck up era. Yeah. What does that look like for you? I don't know. Now I'm out of it. <laughs> like, I I'm want, talking. Now I'm talking. I was, I was like, shut the fuck up. And now I'm like, maybe it's because it's Leo season. And I'm just like, let's start being social again. I'm outside with it. And then when it, the weather gets cold again, I'll probably go back in my little hiding So then hole. what's the era now? What era is this? Oh, shit. (laughs) Right now, it's birthday month era. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just in my truth, living my truth era. I've always tried to be like that. I've always tried to be, I don't know, man. I've dealt with a lot. It's been very, my career and dealing with other females in this world has been very black swan. That's the only way I can really explain it. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's a great Natalie Portman. (laughs) 
This is the this is the only thing I do want to say, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not to push this point. It's just because I understand how people are going to receive mm-hmm. some of the things that you have said. Mm-hmm. Things have happened to you, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I think women generally, just generally, there ha- there have been things that have happened to you that have been incredibly unfair. Mm-hmm. But there has to be some element or some sort of responsibility, not of the unfairness that happened to you, but mm-hmm. some level of responsibility you take about what you could have done to mm-hmm. contribute to anything. I don't mean the being treated badly, mm-hmm. but I mean situations that you have been in. Mm-hmm. What level of responsibility do you take for the moment that you're maybe in now mm-hmm. or the moments that you have had? I don't really know what you mean. Like, what role have you played in any of these things Mm -hmm. that you did not like that happened to you? Mm -hmm. Because you've named a bunch Mm -hmm. and they have been bad. Mm -hmm. But has, have you been solely the victim at every single moment? Mm. Do you understand what I'm asking? I don't want to like play a victim, but Mm -hmm. it's just like, I've never been in locker rooms and treated girls how I've been treated. I've never, I don't go around speaking badly about people. Mm -hmm. I don't spread rumors. I don't, I just, I've just never hung out in this world. I've never really been in this world. I've always gone to work and mm-hmm. left. And I feel like because I never like submerged myself in the like the basketball world, yeah. that people really don't like that for me, about me. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm like, I'd come and work, I'd go back to Australia. Yeah. You know, I'm very in and out, I'm very everywhere. And I feel like because I don't lean in, and it takes me a lot to get comfortable with a person. Like even mm-hmm. now, this is like so surface level with me. Mm-hmm. Like... I, f- I feel like people really get offended by that. I don't mm-hmm. know. No, I get that. Okay, then I'll, I'll wrap with this question. Tell me the thing that you love the most about yourself. And then tell me the thing that you know you have to work on. Okay. <laughs> okay, psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> tell me both um, of those things. I didn't realize this was <laughs> Um... The thing I love about myself yeah. is that I'm one of one. You can't compare me to another person. No one moves like me on or off the court. No one dresses like me. No one is effortless like I am. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> I spent a lot of my life being bullied, being called ugly, being called big, nasty, this and that, a monster. Like, I'm a goddess, baby. I'm a fucking goddess. Like, you can't tell me shit. I love myself. I love my life. I love the people around me. And I don't I don't have any room for negativity within my walls. I love that. Things I can work on. Um, probably being a little bit softer. Probably being lenient to people being mean to me. Like, this is my biggest issue is I'll cut people off like that. That is my biggest issue. Honestly, that's the main thing I work with with my therapist is I slam doors. Like, you treat me bad, la, 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 la. I'm going to work with you again. I'll slam the door. I see it as protecting myself. I see it as, you know, just not dealing with bullshit. But other people are like, mm, that's a trauma response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I mean, I will be, I'll be very, very clear. I do mm-hmm. not think that anyone should ever be in any situation mm-hmm. where they're not being treated the right way. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody should ever deal with being disrespected. Mm-hmm. I think that you should always remove yourself from situations so don't feel like they are good for you mm-hmm. mentally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think I more so just meant what are things that maybe just could have been different. Mm-hmm. But I understand that. I think mm-hmm. above all else, like, I just want you to be happy. 
because it is so many things that have happened to you and yeah. I and you are so full of joy yeah. and I am in no way saying that you're not but I also understand just from yeah. my personal experience that things can pile on and mm-hmm. pile on and pile mm-hmm. on and pile mm-hmm. on and then you're sitting there and you're like okay well where's the where's mm-hmm. the, where's the good in this thing specifically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and you have so much to and you are so much. I just don't want bad things that happen to, you this, know. This is the thing. Like, I feel like I don't sit around and talk about the bad things because, like, I'm not sitting around thinking about them. Like, bad mm. things happen. I just move on. Like, I've just focused on the future. And, like, my darkest days is, I, I've spoken about it, 2016. Yeah. I read your Players Tribune article. I wanted to kill myself that whole year. That whole, that was an Olympic year. I wanted to kill myself that whole year. And I get really upset. When I talk about my dark days, because I have no right, this is how I feel. I have no right in being depressed. I haven't been depressed for a long time, but having bad days, being sad, like bad things happen to me. I feel like I I really don't get to sink into it because my life is so amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I would have guilt for feeling that's a gr- that's depressed a good- about basketball. It's basketball. I'm depressed about, you know, this is causing me depression. These situations are causing me depression. That doesn't make sense to me. You know, I would get so, it would make me angrier. I'd be depressed about this and I would get angry about it. That's, that's like when I was bad. And now I'm just like, okay, this is shitty. I'm just going to leave. I don't need I don't need to sit in these situations. But you I, also know depression doesn't discriminate. You it doesn't be, discriminate. Yeah. If she can hit you like COVID, mm-hmm. you can have a bad week because the moon's playing games with you. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm very much that girl. I'm like, oh my God, is my period? Is it the moon? Like what's going on in my life? Like I have to really sit down and be like, why am I feeling weird? But my bad days are so far gone. Like, I really haven't been in a funk since 2016. And like, whenever I go off and just live my life, people are like, oh, she's she's on drugs. She's this and that. I'm just like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> I'm under a palm tree in Mykonos yeah. reading a book. And you guys would just like say anything, anything. Mm-hmm. Someone wrote I was pregnant. People calling my mom saying I've just had a baby. I ain't oh, no wow. babies up in here, baby. Like, no, <laughs> not yet. No. Well, I am glad that you do have joy because that is very, so, very true. That have, is clear to me. I have so much joy that I feel like I protect it and I don't even share it. Like, my mm-hmm. life is just so immaculate. I'm so blessed. I'm so lucky. Like, I grab my friends by the face and I'm just like, I love you every day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because I was raised by a very loving I'm only child. Like my my family life was very very loving, but teen years, twenties was very tough. Trying to be the perfect athlete, and I'm just like I'm not. I'm not a perfect athlete. I'm a girly living her life. <laughs> and you are completely yourself. Thank you. No, I which try. I think is because amazing. Who, I think who hard else for people am I to meant do. to be? Mm. Who am I meant to be? <laughs> no, you are a joy. I appreciate your time. Thank I you so much. You. Truly, thank you for and your I time. Thank you, you very much. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. And you got to let us know whatever happens with the Nigerian team where yeah. you play. We'll break it for you. <laughs> I really hope it happens because I want to yeah. go to another Olympics and it's just like, it's a good time. Yeah. And I really respect those girlies. Like it, it makes me, it really, it does upset me because like I love being black. It's something that I, I, I tried to remove from myself growing up from Australia. I really spent a lot of my life trying to be white, dyeing my hair blonde, staying out of the sun. Um, 
but it's something I wear with pride now. So for people to like try and take that away from me kind of is sickening, but I would love to represent my African heritage at the Olympics. I feel like that would be a very full circle moment. I hope you get all the things that you want. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.